Welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We're turning dreamers into doers. If you're ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. All right. Welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I am very excited to introduce you to Chris Orozco. He is a shadow integration specialist, as well as a meme lord. That's how I found him on Instagram and follow him constantly. It's really... um, I'm just going to dive right in with you. It's awesome to follow your memes. And I love reading the caption that goes with it because the meme is the clickbait or like that poke in the, at the shadow at the heart. You're like, oh, I don't like what you just said to me. <laughs> and then I have to read the caption for context and it really cracks wide open. A ton of thought streams uh, opens the heart, opens the mind. So I just want, first off, thank you for who you are and the way that you show up in the world. That's a really nice thing to say. Thank you. And as weird as it is to say, you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us, um, we will talk all about shadow integration. We talk a little bit about that in the Hearts Unleashed podcast, but um, not surface level, but I I know you go to the depth. So I'd love for you to take us there today. Um, But tell us how you got started in, in this conversation and in this work. I didn't really mean to. I was just really messed up in the head for a really long time. Um, like I was born into a family of Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, my dad died when I was seven. I saw it happen, kind of like messed me all up. So I had all these questions for the church that they couldn't answer. And all they could do was read from the Bible. And I got really upset by that. And I was like, why is nobody just talking to me? Like I'm a hurt little kid. Like this is wrong. So I left the religion at 12 because I was like, they don't know anything. I'm going to go figure it out for myself. And my mental health problems just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Until at about 26, I was pretty much at the end of my rope. And I was like, if something doesn't change now, like I'm out. But then luckily I was living with three witches in San Francisco. And uh, one of them introduced me to the concept of shadow integration. And uh, she said three, I forget how many, but she said some specific things that really changed my life. She said, Chris, you're not broken. You're just taking really poor care of yourself. And then she said, you're not just one thing. You're a collection of things. And they all vary in degree of health, depending on how well you take care of them. So all these things that are going on in your head that make you feel like you're broken and just completely fucked, everything that has you feel that way is just a part of yourself that you haven't taken care of. And if you start taking care of it, it will get better. And I don't know why I believed that, but for some reason that just like struck me as like the truth of the universe. Exactly. Yeah. So I just went all in on it. And then within two years, I turned my life around so fully that like the people that I looked up to were now asking me for advice. And so I was like, oh shit, I should probably teach people how I did this. And so I kind of reconstructed my thought process and started writing it. And then that's what I teach. Yeah. First off, that was incredibly concise and cohesive. So thank you. Like, <laughs> I told it a lot. Yeah, exactly. Well, that and someone who might not understand shadow integration or what all that means, you, I mean, that was just so plain and, but also very eloquent. So thank you because there's another term I, cause I use inner child work a lot, but I know that it's not always about like the child, like there's identities, there's, you know, all of it. And then also sometimes people might refer to it as parts work. Have you heard that reference? Okay. So for someone who's brand new to the conversation, what might you want to tell them as the, as we step into a conversation around shadow integration? Yeah, I mean, the most important thing that I learned is those, those two things that I just said, but the most important thing for me anyway was understanding that whatever it is that you're dealing with is the result of some part of you trying to help you in mm. some weird, misguided way. 
Yeah. Right? Because like we have these terms like self-sabotage. We have all these terms of like all these things like limiting beliefs. And we always frame them in this really weird way where it acts as if some kind of external entity is like trying to harm us without realizing that it's actually a part of us. That's just doing what we programmed it to do because we didn't know any better at the time. And so it kind of takes the humanity out of it. It takes the collaborative element of it out and it puts you in conflict with some part of your psyche. And that's just never going to turn out well. So the main thing for me is, is about knowing that whatever's happening inside of me is a result of my programming. And if I just embrace that part of me and figure out what it was trying to do and give it a better way to solve that same problem, then we can be on the same side again. Yes, 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 yes. I just, I'm so <laughs> stoked. Um, so I, I talk about this a lot in my third book, Alchemizing Judgment, is the duality, the totality, like being all of who you are, including the shadow, those parts that we resist, hide, suppress, stuff, judge, reject, actively, you know, very actively reject. Like at, we must separate ourselves to hate ourselves, right? So a lot of what I heard, the tone of what you were saying was around acceptance and grace. And 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 you use that collaborative component. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about that. Like, what can we be up to to start to accept all of the parts? Because I really love the part that you said, like, it's a protective mechanism. It's doing us a favor. It's our buddy. It's our friend. Whatever it is, whatever part is in action right now or parts, right? Because I like to... Um, you know, tell my clients, okay, it's time for a round table meeting. Like just sit with yourself and see who needs to show up, see who needs to be talking, who needs to be heard, who's in action right now. So talk to us about like acceptance and grace, because it's such a, such a tone of what you're saying. Totally. So, um, well, you wanted to go deep, so I guess I might as well just get right into it. Yes, please. (laughs) Uh, Because I teach something in my shadow integration course. that's probably kind of controversial, but it like works really well for me is because it's like, how do you develop love and compassion and a collaborative attitude towards the part of your psyche that has been causing all of your worst problems? Like, how do you love something that you may hate? Like, how does, how can you do that? And for me, it's got kind of an odd solution to that problem, which is like a two-pronged thing. But first is like, understand that the level of dysfunction that this part of your psyche is, is displaying is the result of how you've been treating it. And that if you treated it better, it would be healthier. And the only reason that it hates you so much and the only reason it's doing all these things to you is because you've been terrible to it. So I like to kind of really embrace that concept and like let it break my heart and let it like imagine what a person must have gone through in order to act that way. Like imagine what it must have been like to be on the receiving end of my attention if my attention turned it into that thing and just like really put myself in the shoes of this part of myself and imagine what it must have been like to have been shoved into a deep, dark corner every time it had something scary to say, or every time it needed help or any time at whatever. And I just like punched it in the mouth and it was like, get out of here. And I was like, yeah, okay. No wonder you're so upset. No wonder you hate me. It's shit. Okay. So instead of trying to like resolve the issue from like a, you owe me an apology, you've been causing my problems. It's like, okay, actually I'm the one that owes you an apology. I'm the one in charge. You don't make decisions. I make decisions. So if this is how you are, then that's on me and I have to apologize. But at the same time, since we're talking about duality, you do also have to hold space for the fact that you may also hate it. And that's one of the interesting things about shadow integration that is it teaches you to be able to hold paradox and polarity and that like, I can love this thing while another part of me absolutely hates it and wants to destroy it. 
And both can exist simultaneously and they don't counteract each other. They can both just exist. Mm. Oh God, my brain. I'm just like, I, I know what you're saying and I'm so excited for more people to hear it. So thank you. Thank cool. you. Thank you. And I wanted to talk about, well, I'm going to start with the end of what you were talking about because it can get very inception. Like, am I in a dream and a dream and a dream and a dream? What the fuck? Oh. Where am I? Oh my God. Who's who was what? Where am I? Do I hate? Do I love? And so like, who to anybody who's like, where the fuck do I actually start on that? Um, but the other thing you were saying that I was listening into was that radical responsibility. There's no more blame. Like, and again, you can choose blame. You can be angry and pissed off and sad and understand the impact of those behaviors and all of it, but can it all just be? Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure anyone who's listening for the first time to this concept is like, again, where the, what, 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 what? So like, where could someone start on this? That's a good question. Um, well, as far as the like paradox polarity stuff, it's important to know that it's, it's not, it's not like you're adding something new, mm-hmm. like paradox and polarity is already the norm in your psyche. You're just yeah. kind of accepting that that's how it is. Mm-hmm. Because most of the time we think we need to pick one thought or another or one emotion or another. We can only have one at a time. Like if, like if I'm, if you're in a romantic relationship with someone, like some people get really confused because they're like, I love this person. How can I be mad at them? And like, how can I trust them? I love them. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, it's, it's all of it. So it's, it's just you coming into acceptance of what already is. It's not like you're doing some crazy new thing and anything like that. It's just, you're, you're allowing yourself to see how it really is. But as far as how to, where to start, what I teach in my courses is to actually start with a vision for your life is to figure out where you're going and why you're doing all this. Mm. Cause the thing about the shadow is like you said, it's really confusing and you can get lost and you can get stuck and you can spend years of your life navel gazing and never really accomplishing anything. So for me, I look at shadow integration and transformational work at, as a whole as just a means to an end. Like it's, it's trying to get me somewhere. It's not a thing that I do just for the sake of doing it. Right, right. Oh, so, thank you for saying that. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. And so if I can remember where I'm going, then not only does that give me context, but it also lets me know what needs to be worked on first. Because as soon as I can get really clear on where I'm going, then the immediate obstacle to that comes up to the surface. So I'm like, okay, yes. cool. I deal with that then. Big yes to that. And I love, I, I use the term anchor, like make a mm-hmm. declaration, make a destination. And like you said, everything that disagrees with that is going to go ahead and present itself to say, hey, I can't come with you. Or, hey, can you yeah. please move me out of the way, right? Now, there was something else you said, which I think is really important for people to hear, which was that I love this person. How can I hate them? It's almost quite mathematical that the amount of love you'd have for somebody, there's available equal and opposite level of hate, resentment, anger, confusion. So how can someone navigate the sliding scale of emotions, especially when they really do want to lean towards light and love or positive affirmations, or they can't, especially when we've been mostly trained and conditioned that our darker parts, our darker emotions are bad and wrong and shameful, or we should we should put those away or what suppress them because that's too much. What would you say to someone who's struggling with starting to unleash their shadow? Yeah. So the most important thing to know is that we have this misconception in like transformational spiritual work that if you say something or you express something, that that is what makes it more powerful. But yeah. The opposite. It's the refusal to say it and the refusal to express it that makes it more powerful. Yes. And for people who are unfamiliar, the way it works is like, as soon as I say it, 
it's gone. It's evaporated. Yep. It's, it's the part of me that was holding it is let it go. It's gone, whatever. And you can say something without saying it with intention, right? Like I can say, I hate you. And that can just be a thing that I'm feeling and a thing that I'm saying, but it doesn't have to be a declaration with spikes behind it. Mm-hmm. It can just be an expression of something that's in there. That's essentially devoid of meaning that I'm getting out for whatever reason. Whereas if I refuse to, to say it because I don't want to like put that out in the universe or whatever, then what I'm actually doing is taking it inside myself and I'm holding it there and I'm keeping it stuck there and I'm not giving it anywhere to go. And it's getting more and more angry and more and more upset because it has stuff to say. And I'm putting more and more of my mental energy into keeping it stuck. And I'm, it's growing in severity. It's growing in size. It's growing in intensity. It's growing in impact. It's growing in every way imaginable. And not only that, but it's taking up more and more of my psychic energy to keep it stuck. So this whole process of keeping it in is just, it's making everything worse. And because all that is in you, it's still in your like energetic imprint and it's in your energetic frequency. Whereas if I were to just say it, it's gone and it's, it's not in me anymore. But because I refused to say it, I, I kept it in here and now it's bigger and it's gaining mass and it's gaining like attractive ability and it's just becoming this awful thing. And so it's, for me, it's always more important to, to trust that the act of expressing something is the act of dissipating the energy behind it. And so if, if I want it out of my system and I don't want it making decisions for me from outside of my awareness or just attracting stuff to me from a weird energetic position, then I just, I just got to get it out. That's to me is the biggest paradigm shift that I think a lot of people need to have. Yeah. As far as the work I do, that's basically training alchemy, right? Like training people to really like upcycle those negative emotions because it's not about necessarily, um, again, like suppress and then, you know, be happy. Like it's, you're allowed to express. So I just really hearing you say, like in layman's terms, feel your feelings, people feel your fucking feelings, please. And thank you. Right. And then, um, I would love to ask you, well, the other thing I wanted to say was like water always forces an outlet. We, no matter what. So it's going to find its way. And like you said, then it starts to show up as manifesting uh, things like that to activate that feeling within you. And people, oh, life is happening to me. It always goes this way, right? Because you're not processing. So um, I would love to ask, I, I'm going to say it a certain way, which is like, there's a difference between expressing anger and directing anger, right? So I can be angry, but not. I don't have to be angry at somebody. Even if my anger is directed towards somebody, like my mom pisses me off or my significant other is frustrating me, right? So they might, I might blame them, but if I were to take that and just say, I have anger, we would have a lot more facility with that. So what would you have to say about that concept? Well, I mean, I agree because it's like, I can say, because even just the act of saying, I feel angry, that's just an admission of truth. Like you said, it's not like a, I'm angry because you suck as a person and like, you're the reason that I'm angry and blah, 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 blah. That's usually what happens when we aren't willing to be honest about it. Because most of the time when we're angry, we're actually angry at ourselves. We're angry at ourselves for not holding the boundary, for not saying the thing, for not doing what we need to do. And then the anger is just letting us know where there's a hole in our fence. And so when we're projecting it onto other people, we're actually not being that responsible with it. And so just little things like I am statements, those pretty much diffuse 99.9% of the charge. So if you're ever in a conversation with somebody and I kind of like to take some space to myself and process it before it's clear and then, or until it's clear. And then I come back and talk about it. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to get into a conversation when you're don't have a chance to do that, 
then I am statements are going to be your best friend because I guess we can talk, talk about the fact that like a lot of people misunderstand the concept of validation and they mistake validation for compliments and validation and compliments are very different. Yes. Validation is just saying it's okay for this thing to exist. Yes. It's allowed to exist as it is. And I am statements are what I've found to be the best thing at creating self-validation. It's like, oh, look, there's a thing. I am feeling that thing. That thing exists. It's okay that it exists. And most of the time, that will dissolve most of the charge behind something if you're just willing to acknowledge that it exists. I really love that. And it's actually bringing me to a place where like in my own life, feeling in like to express myself grew up incredibly sensitive. You know, like I, I could cry at anything or things made me angry. And it was really about like those feelings being invalidated saying, what is that going to do for you? Quit crying, you know, get over it, move on. And so to have that invalidated, it's very interesting how it then turned into achievement, right? Mm -hmm. Becoming an achiever to then get the claps and the good job. And, you know, and so it's very interesting because we think we're going, we want certain things in our life when really we have no desire for them. Those aren't authentic desires. And then we're, we can achieve a lot. I remember this. I wrote all about it in my book, giving up, giving up the memoir of a quitter is like, I created an entire life around what I thought would get me the clap hands, the good job girl. And so just letting that all be dismantled to really say like, I'm pissed. I'm hurt. I'm lonely or whatever that is. And so I love this opportunity to feel our feelings. And I'm going to, I'm going to sort of uh, shift the conversation a little bit. Cause like I said, your memes make me feel some feelings and I'm sure, <laughs> I am sure that they do for a lot of people. I even saw you say something, which I loved. I really appreciated. Um, Instagram and Facebook are just two different worlds. Completely. I will share the same information, the same exact post and get like, oh, thank Instagram. Thanks, man. Whoa. Yeah. And then Facebook just wants to create the debate and the battle and the, how dare you, you hurt my feelings. So let's talk about your experience in being a content creator, um, an online a person of influence, whatever you want to call that. Right. What's that like? Because this is an in-depth conversation and it's kind of inherently triggering. And so what's that like? Because I, I know that we have a lot of people ready to live their heart unleashed and want to be more authentic and you are unabashedly authentic. (laughs) And so please share with us. (laughs) It's fun. Uh, so it used to not be fun. I had my Instagram account for like six years with like 600 followers. Mm -hmm. I was saying exactly the same stuff um, but nobody cared because mm-hmm. I was just like following advice of the experts and doing all the stuff that they said I was supposed to do and emulating people and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't very fun. And so I burned out and I, I actually quit coaching for like a year and a half yeah. and went and got another job and took care of my internal stuff to get me sustainable. But then as I went back into it, I didn't want to listen to like the experts anymore. I didn't want to do any of that. So I was actually in a hostel in Tokyo and I was just like, you know what? Like, fuck this. Like, I'm just going to make the content that I want to make. I like, there's all, cause I hated, I hated the memes at the time. All the memes were so self-deprecating and they were, they're all about yes. how much you hate your life and how yes. much you hate your job and wish you were dead and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I can't fucking look at another one of these memes. Thank so like, so what, what do I wish someone else would make? So I started doing that. And then as soon as I just started doing the stuff that I wish someone else would do, then all yeah. of a sudden my, it blew up. And oddly enough, it made people started to take me seriously. 
like, which I, I never would have imagined that making memes would be the thing that legitimized me. But suddenly they were getting shared to these people with these huge audiences and like all this influence. And I'm getting like hundreds of followers every day. And I'm like, what the hell? Okay, cool. Um, but as far as the authenticity thing, like I discovered punk rock when I was in sixth grade. So I was I born into a family of Jehovah's Witnesses, but then I was essentially raised by punk rock. And so that instilled with me the idea that as long as you are yourself and true to yourself 100%, that everything will work out and doesn't matter what it is. And then I found that to be existentially true as well, where like whatever God creator, whatever thing seems to put the wind in your sails when you're being authentic. And that matched with like my ethos growing up in punk rock. I was just like, okay, well then I'm just going to be uncompromising in that pursuit. I will, I won't, cause I'm, I'm inspired by people like, uh, Freddie Mercury who are just like, so insanely larger than life that, and new, and they've, and there's something you've never seen before, but they own it so much that they force you to accept it. Like there's no yeah. room to do anything other than accept it. And those are the people that I like. And those are the people that I try to emulate. So for me, it's just like, okay, well then let me just go all the fucking way. Let me say everything. Let me do everything. Let me make all the jokes. Let me say all the things. Cause like on Facebook, you were like, we were just talking about is I made another joke where I know there's a ton of people that love me and hate me at the same time, <laughs> because it's like, I say a whole bunch of wild shit, but then I also say really deep stuff. And it's like, well, if you want the deep stuff, you got to stick around for all this weird stuff. On <laughs> and so it's, it's a fun position to be in where I kind of like almost mess with people, but I don't do it to get a rise out of people. It's just genuinely who I am. Yeah. It's just like I'm an Orange County fucking beach punk. Like my sense of humor is just, I make fun of stuff and that's how me and my friends always are. So for me, I'm not trying to get a rise out of anybody. I'm just having fun. And cause I want to make the path sustainable. And if I'm not really having fun and if I'm not really being myself, then I'm not going to want to do this long-term. And so that's kind of the only way that it's worth it for me. Yeah. I love it so much. And I'm going to keep it super like surface level too, because just aesthetically, like look at our screens right now, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because when I, like, I love your content and the punk rock, like it's just not my vibe and nor is it wrong or bad, but like you, I mean, you got the studded jackets and the black nails and like all of it. And it's just like such opposite, but also it's just interesting and it's who you are. And and it doesn't matter. I love your content and that's not my aesthetic. Like, and who cares, right? It, I think it's like important because I have just noticed for myself, it's been in my field lately, like there is no rules about who does what, what type of person does what. Like, and, and aesthetics is, is the body we entered and the, the colors we vibe with, whatever it is to look at somebody like their body shape or their height or their hair color. Like it's how we've started to, we like grew. I, at least I'm speaking primarily for myself, but like to sort people and distinguish who's who and what's what and very hierarchical and understanding and placing yourself that all of that is just falling apart left mm -hmm. and right. And I, I fucking love it. I live for it. it and it's okay. really disruptive. Mm -hmm. It's also really disruptive and upsetting for a lot of people. And I love the book Existential Kink because she kind of talks a lot about getting off on what's upsetting or, you know, the, again, shadow stuff, but in another flavor. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just really like that. But you had said something around with the 100% responsibility, you also have 100% freedom right? Take it or leave it. You want this, you get that too. It's all me. And if you don't like it, you can most certainly see yourself out, but why don't you stay and get a little triggered and, and sort yourself out instead? <laughs> yeah. Cause that's one of the things I like about it. Cause like I, I made a conscious decision to essentially become this person. 
Um, and for me, I was like, I'm just going to be so good at my job. To, like if you yes. for me, then it's your problem. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll maybe say and do some weird stuff. I may look a way that you're not used to. I may do a bunch of stuff that you're not familiar with, but everything that I have to say is going to be so good that it's going to be your fault if you decide not to listen. Yes. I love it. <laughs> and this I'm guessing, cause you've shared a little bit about your history and I'm guessing you weren't always this in love with yourself or like um, you struggled with some stuff. Well, it's, it's tough. Cause it's like, I grew up, like I said, I grew up in a family of Jehovah's Witnesses, but I was very loved by my family. Yeah. I always felt very loved. And I also got tested into these like genius classes in school. So I always knew I was really smart. I always knew I was gifted. I always knew I was loved. So I had a good foundation. Mm-hmm. But then when my dad died when I was seven, that, that all, that got all fucked up. Yeah. It just all of it just came crashing down. My mom said mm-hmm. the difference between me before and after is just completely night and day. Um, so yeah, because of my dad's passing, I had a lot of mental health problems mm-hmm. from basically. So I got tested in all these like gifted classes, but then I went back to school and my third grade teacher said, like, I wasn't doing my homework. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, my fucking dad died. I'm a little kid. Like, what do you expect from me? Yeah. And she's like, well, that's no reason to not do your homework. And so from that moment on, I was like, well, screw all of this then. Screw yeah. you, screw the system, screw everybody. Like I'm out. Yeah. And so I failed every grade from third grade to 11th grade. Wow. Went to a different school every year from sixth grade to 11th grade. Was getting into a lot of trouble, got into drugs. Um, my mental health just got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And then, like I said, at 26, I was about to call it quits and be done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, I found shadow integration. But yeah, from because it really started getting bad at 19. Because mm-hmm. 19 was the first time I ever actually doubted myself. I remember doubting myself for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. And it was over a girl. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to admit that she wasn't good for me. And this is the first time I'd ever, I felt my, my consciousness split for the first time ever. Yeah. I knew she was bad, but this was, she was so good that I was like, I wouldn't admit it. So I'd split. Mm-hmm. And that's when my mental health started getting really bad because I didn't even have my own back anymore. Yeah. It kept getting worse and worse and worse. And so at 26, um, I was about to call it quits. And so, yeah, I've, I've suffered a lot in my life, like, mm-hmm. a lot, but I'm also very grateful to have found a way out. Yeah, it's it's beautiful and I commend you for that because just I mean again the way I love the way that you express yourself. Thank you for that because again, clear, concise, powerful. <laughs> and I can imagine there's a lot of people who really relate to everything you just shared in that little segment and people looking for that listening to someone who is so sure of themselves but also had to come out of something and and then that consciousness split right to then fragment into a million pieces and pull it all back together. Right. Like, so just that light of hope for whoever's listening, for struggling with that, wherever they are and whatever they're navigating that, um, one, they can just go follow you and and start that journey for sure. I'm a huge proponent for people having coaching support, uh, whether that be in group or one-on-one. So how can people start this process if they're really interested in resonating with what you're sharing today? Um, just follow me on either Facebook or uh, Instagram. Instagram's better. I'm there more often. I take it more seriously. Like you've seen, like Facebook, I just kind of fuck around and don't really take it seriously. <laughs> but on Instagram, if you send me a DM, we'll set up a call and we'll talk. And so the way that I do my my setup with everybody is I don't talk about money until I know I can help. People always get blown away at my sales process. So it's like we figure out where it is you want to go, what's stopping you from being there. And then we come up with a plan to get you from where you are to where you want to go. 
Mm-hmm. As soon as we both agree that that plan will work, even if you and I never talk again, then we'll figure out if you want to work with me long term. So if you do want to get a taste of what shadow immigration is like, hit me up. We'll go through the call um, and then you can see if working with me is going to be something you want to do. I dig that. Thank you. Thank you for offering that to our peeps. Um, yeah, I imagine uh, there's a lot of people in that process and you might just be the next perfect step for them. So I think, I think it's I beautiful. Hope so. Yeah. My sessions, you, they, you might think that they're like really confronting and all kinds of stuff. And like they are, but like most of the time we're laughing. Yeah. And especially by the end, I always like to like, I I definitely notice a breakthrough or like, it's when you can laugh about what you were previously just crying about. (laughs) It's like, okay, we made it. So good. Good. And, um, thank you for the, the laughs, the, again, the triggers, all of those different things. Um, I want to ask one more question that we usually ask most of our guests is what does it look like for Chris's heart to be unleashed? Uh, that's a good question. Cause I'm, I'm finding out, <laughs> finding out now, cause I just recently went through a really big breakup mm-hmm. that, uh, changed a lot of things for me. And so I'm finding the answer to that question n- now more than ever. And it's funny because it's kind of different than what I expected. And it's almost certainly different than what a lot of other people are going to expect. Um, because for me, I'm not like a typical coach. Like I don't really even hang out with a lot of other coaches. I only have two other friends that are coaches. Most of my friends do other stuff. Yeah. And so when it really comes down to it, like I'm just a fucking orange County punk who had learned a skill. And so for me with my heart, like fully open doing my thing, it's like, it's really brash and it's really (laughs) kind of, it can be kind of a lot for people to deal with. Uh, cause I'm really, I just say shit how it is. And in my mind, yep. cause I, I say the things that are on my mind and people are like, wow, that's so hardcore. And to me, it's just how I think. Yeah. So like all those little things that I put on my Instagram with like on my stories that people are just like mind blown by. And it's, that's just me like drinking my coffee, thinking about stuff. Yeah. And so it's for me with my heart fully open. It's like, I'm really hardcore. I'm really brash. I'm really just kind of like, this is how it is. And if you don't like it, then fucking deal with it. Because yeah. I'm not going to change. And that's really all there is to it. And just finding people that vibe with that. So I guess it's just like unapologetic, uncompromising authenticity with like a little bit of an edge and a little bit of a bite and like a whole lot of humor. I love it. Tis the season. I'm sure you uh, getting a little mystical, like the cosmos and all the things. It's just like authenticity reigns supreme. Yeah. Anything like, else? Yeah. No, seriously. And And I just, I love it and I appreciate it. So thank you for causing existential crises during your cup of coffee because <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, it really is. And so thank you again. It's an honor to meet you face to face and to share your unleashed heart with our community. So you guys, I hope you got exactly what you needed today. I hope this really cracked open your mind, your heart, you're looking into who all the parts, where are they and how do I meet all of them? And if you're ready to meet them and meet Chris reach out to him on Instagram, he's definitely active there and super down to earth. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. Awesome. Thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. We love you. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, visit us at heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts. Hearts Unleashed.